Welcome to the Navigating Business Podcast, a podcast for agency owners that dives into the extensive world of advertising and marketing agencies. We talk about topics like finance, marketing, scaling, and much more. In this episode, we're getting into what it's like to build a remote team, team culture, and what it means to manage a team who's not in the same space as you are, as well as much more. We'll be getting into all that with Nicole Fallon Peak, co-founder of Lightning Media Partners. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Nate, thank you so much for, for having me back on the podcast. Great to see you again. Yeah, good seeing you. Yeah, I didn't mention Nicole is a second time guest. So thanks again, Nicole. And, and you'll have to go back and listen to our first episode as well, uh, which was definitely a good listen. So yeah, Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I am a former journalist and copy editor. Um, I've been running my own digital content create, creation agency for the last four years. Uh, my husband and I co-own the business together and we've grown our team from a couple of freelancers to a team of eight full and part-time employees and about 15 regular freelance copywriters. That's pretty impressive and pretty pretty amazing. I know we talked in our last episode about uh, working with your spouse as well, which is, which is a cool little piece of that too. So if you wanna learn more about that, definitely go back and listen. Uh, it's just it's super impressive that you guys have number one, built an agency so quickly, but number two, been able to do it uh, alongside one another. So that's, that's pretty cool. So, um, tell us about lightning media partners, what you guys do. Obviously we know there's agencies that do pretty much everything. When you say you, you own an agency or work in agencies, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, just cause there's so many, right. So many different kinds. So, uh, tell us what you guys specialize in what you do. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, lightning media partner specializes in high volume, high quality editorial content for digital publishers. Uh, and we also work with small to mid-sized businesses that want to increase their content publication schedule. Uh, our team members have a lot of deep expertise in SEO and journalism, so we leverage that to provide well-researched SEO-friendly articles that are tailored to our client's audience. Yeah, very cool. Um, I, I am not someone who enjoys writing, so so what you guys are doing is is cool. I definitely see a huge need for it. Obviously not only for smaller businesses like me, but especially I'm sure for much bigger businesses who are trying to pump out a lot more content and have it be well-written and engaging and, and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So I mentioned in the intro that that, I won't, that we're gonna talk about having a remote team. You mentioned having a, a remote team and obviously a very timely topic as um, COVID is you know still going on. Uh, it's definitely changed how we think about it in a lot of ways now that we're here in spring of 2022, but you guys have kind of built this team throughout peak COVID time, right? And mm-hmm. um, and the workplace has changed in a lot of ways, just with being a lot more open to flexibility, to remote work, to hybrid work schedules, all those things. So um, yeah, tell us why you built out your team the way you did and your vision kind of behind what you wanted that to look like. Yeah. So. I mean, we've been fully remote since we started in 2018, um, and the pandemic really solidified our decision to always be a remote-first agency. Um, you know, because all of our services are delivered digitally, there's we really saw no reason to force anybody to come into a physical office or even restrict our talent pool to our local area. Um, you know, my husband and I live in New Jersey. We run our business out of New Jersey, and our first couple of employees were all based here. But as we decided to grow, um, we realized, you know, there were just so many people out there who may be a better fit for the job. And you know, by expanding that, we, uh, you know, we were able to find employees all over the country. We now are spread across six different states. 
Um, our team really enjoys the flexible work from home schedule, and we have plenty of communication tools and protocols in place to make sure that we all stay connected. Yeah, so, I mean, you brought up a lot of things that, that are interesting. First of all, um, you expanded your talent pool hugely, which is pretty cool, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, like you said, you're not just looking at people within, you know, 20 or 30 miles. You're looking at, um, yeah, the entire country or, or, yeah, I don't know, if internationally even at some point. But um, so that's pretty cool. You mentioned all the tools and things to stay in touch. It feels like there's, you know, so many um, software subscriptions and possibilities and tools out there. Um, how did you kind of whittle down which of those to choose? Because I know a lot of agency owners that I talk to have like huge tech stacks, right? They're like, I'm just going to get all the subscriptions and just kind of see what works um, and just kind of deal with all those recurring monthly payments happening. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously seeing it from, from the book, bookkeeper perspective where I'm like, what is happening with all these recurring charges? But obviously it's a real problem where there's so many great tools, but how do you know which one to use? How did you kind of work through that? It was a lot of trial and error. What did that look like figuring out that tech stack? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, um, my husband and I both took a lot of inspiration from our previous jobs where, you know, we had coworkers in different offices, uh, across the country, um, and also had some somewhat of a flexible work from home option. So we kind of borrowed a lot of things like Slack and zoom mm -hmm. from, you know, just from our previous corporate experience. Um, you know, we obviously we use um, Google Drive for like all of our mm. email and, and documents and things like that. Um, we I think our biggest uh, kind of tech stack question was how we were going to manage our projects for our various clients. Um, we looked at a few different project management softwares and uh, we landed on Trello uh, because it's a very uh, user-friendly and visual uh, Kanban style board where we can sort of mm. create project cards and move them down the line as mm -hmm. uh, it goes to each stage of our editorial process. Um, so that one, you know, we kind of got lucky. We, I think a client had recommended it to us and we were like, oh, we really like this. Yeah. We're going to keep using it. Um, so that was one of our earliest tech investments. Um, and then from there, um, you know, we, I think we kind of took the opposite approach of what some agency owners do. And instead of buying everything, we sort of have expanded only when we see a real need for it. Like when we get really tired of using a spreadsheet for, <laughs> for this thing, we're like, oh, maybe we should look into a specific software solution for sure. this. So that's how we've sort of expanded uh, our tech stack over time. Um, there are definitely some things that we thought we were going to use that we don't use as often anymore. We uh, definitely need to kind of, uh, pair that back a little bit, um, mm -hmm. you know, for obviously for budget reasons, but, uh, for the most part, everything we have invested in, we do use on a regular basis. And it's because yeah. of that kind of stepwise approach of only doing it when we need to. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm impressed that you are still using all of your subscriptions, uh, because it is, it is hard to, you know, just business needs change and, and it's hard to sure. keep up with all those subscriptions. It sounds like you guys have been pretty disciplined with that. I I always like talking to clients about the tech stacks and saying, hey, you know, maybe just check in on this every three to six months, <laughs> kind of cut off, trim off those ones that maybe aren't being used anymore because otherwise that, you know, office supplies piece in your budget really can uh, can balloon out of shape with all those reoccurring subscriptions. They're pretty smart how they bill. Um, but yeah, that sure. makes a lot of sense. So going back to the kind of the hiring piece and all that, um, 
yeah, I mean, obviously you expanded your talent pool, had a lot more prospects and prospective um, employees to look at, but what was challenging about that process? You know, obviously you're not meeting someone in person to interview, that's all happening virtually. Um, so yeah, what were the kind of the challenges you came up with that? And yeah, maybe there's pieces that were more enjoyable too. What, what was kind of your takeaway from that? Yeah, so um, I mean, probably an obvious challenge would be just scheduling meetings across time zones. If we were interviewing somebody out on the West Coast, we're on the East Coast and just trying to figure that out. But, um, you know, I, I, I honestly don't think that hiring virtually was as challenging as we thought it would be. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we definitely had a wider applicant pool than we maybe would have if we had only put out a call for people in our state, say, um, when we were hiring for a position last year, uh, we put out a posting on LinkedIn and we got 300 applicants in 48 hours. And <laughs> most of them, we were obviously, you know, we were able to weed through them pretty quickly. Sure. LinkedIn has a lot of really great filtering tools to do auto rejection. So yeah. just uh, anyone's looking to make their first hire, that's a good way to do it. Um, but once we kind of pared down the pool, it, it really felt very much like a regular hiring process. Um, you know, we set up, we kind of established a system. We did multiple rounds of video-based interviews. We had some assessments that we had people fill out. We had sample assignments. Um, and that really kind of gave us all the information we needed to make our decision. Um, and honestly, in a way, I think it's a little more insightful to interview somebody via a video call because you can see better how they present themselves, obviously, not only through, you know, their physical appearance, but their background and lighting, mm, you know, things on their wall, the personal touches that they have like out on their desk. Um, you don't necessarily get that if they come into your office and you interview them there. Um, I think people there's and yeah, I think people maybe have a little bit more of a comfort level when they're in their own environment on their mm -hmm. home turf interviewing for a job. So I think you're kind of getting people at like their optimal um, in or presumably in their optimal state. Yeah. Um, and if they don't seem to be comfortable, then, you know, that says something as well. Um, and, hmm. you know, maybe just something to inform your hiring decision. Yeah. That's really interesting about kind of the background and, and what their setup looks like. Um, yeah, because the question I was going to ask before you said that was, you know, do you feel like there's a disadvantage you have by not seeing someone in person and getting a feel for them? But it sounds like you guys have a really robust process that they're going through, right? It's not just like one Zoom video call to get a feel for them. It's like you said, assessments and examples and assignments. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sure that, you know, even if they, even if they're portraying them, themselves um, one day in one certain way, you're kind of seeing the full picture through all those meetings and through the different pieces. So, yeah, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. Um, hmm, that's cool. Yeah, I, I love the, I love the background piece because I mean, I do all my meetings virtual, so I think about the background. I mean, my background is nothing special, mm -hmm. but I think about it. But you know, most um, people who are applying for jobs may not be thinking about that, right? Because they're not. Maybe this is their yeah. first remote job or something like that. So. Um, I'm interested to hear stories, maybe horror stories that you have, and I won't ask you those now. I'll ask you those once we're done. But I'm curious. I'm curious if you've come, run across any fun, fun pieces there. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for for off air. So, so obviously, once you've made the hire, um, you're, the person has become part of your team now. Now you have to think about building a culture where a group of people are not 
permanently connected or seeing each other every day uh, in the same way that we're used to with kind of your traditional office. So is it possible to build culture remotely? What does that look like for you guys? How have you done that? Yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, it is 100% possible to build a great company culture remotely, um, but the trick is you really have to be intentional about it. Uh, I, I think I've heard of a lot of agencies just kind of like throwing random perks out there. Um, and, you know, we were kind of guilty of that in the beginning too. Um, you know, just trying anything they could to get people engaged. Um, but what we started doing is conducting a lot of employee surveys to really get a gauge on what people want to see from their remote work experience. Uh, many of them are anonymous, so people can just really feel free to be mm. honest and not worry sure. about, you know, uh, it being tied back to them, uh, which is a good thing because we're still a relatively small team and everybody kind of knows each other very well. Yeah. Um, but out of those surveys, we have been able to develop initiatives like weekly professional development workshops. We do quarterly employee charity initiatives um, and uh, team happy hours that are all conducted virtually. Um, and uh, this is actually something we weren't able to do right away um, for budgetary reasons. But last year, we actually hosted our first in-person employee retreat to get cool. everybody together for a few days to meet in person for the first time. Um, and everyone came out of that feeling like they had strengthened their relationships mm. with their coworkers and felt a lot more connected when they came home and hopped on their next Zoom call. Like they felt like they knew each other better. Yeah. So just kind of having those in-person touch points, if possible, uh, are really helpful to strengthen a remote culture when you're not in the same place every mm. day. Yeah, that's great. So, so some of those initiatives came from those surveys then from what your employees kind of were thinking and saying, could we do this? Can we think about this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just to touch on one of those things very quickly, our, um, our quarterly employee charity initiatives is something we're very proud of. Um, every quarter we have, uh, one of our employees, we have like kind of a rotation list, uh, choose a charitable initiative that they would like to support. Um, so Lightning Media Partners makes a monetary donation to that cause. And then mm. uh, they, uh, the employee who chose it helps us come up with a virtual activity that we can do to support that cause. So we've done oh. um, quite a few uh, virtual 5K walks. Um, we've, you know, um, made hand, handmade cards for children at St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Mm. Uh, we've run... Um, animal shelter supply drives that we've all like brought to our local animal shelters. So there's been a lot of cool things we've been able yeah. to do. And, um, you know, everyone takes a picture of themselves doing their thing and sends it yeah. to a team, uh, Slack channel. So it's a way that we're all kind of, we're doing the same thing separately and it mm -hmm. kind of brings us together in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about that is that you're not just putting, sending money to a charity, which I mean, don't get me wrong, that's still a great thing to do, but you're, you're incorporating it so much more into the, the everyday life of the team and making it, you know, so much more meaningful. How much more meaningful mm -hmm. is it to, you know, actually, yeah, spend an hour or a couple hours doing something for that charity compared to just sending them a, qu a quick check, right? So um, mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, well, one other question before I, before I go to my, my next question, but when you guys had your first in-person team event, what was that like? Like, what did it feel like walking in and seeing people in person for the first time? So the funniest thing 
that all of us said when we first met each other in person for the first time was, I didn't realize that's how tall you were. <laughs> that's, that's like the number one thing we all said. Um, but other than that, we really felt like just based on how much we communicated with each other through uh, through Zoom calls and, and daily Slack conversations, we really felt like we knew each other mm. already. Um, and, you know, it, it was our first time all being together as a team. Um, you know, we had met some of our employees in person before. Um, our first hires uh, were, you know, friends, a couple of friends and family that we had worked mm -hmm. with in the past. Um, but as our team has expanded, um, you know, it got harder and harder to, uh, you know, find time to go out and meet, you know, uh, you know, we're in New Jersey, our one of our recent hires lives in Missouri, you know, like, there probably would have been no other natural opportunity for us right. to meet with her unless we held a specific event. Um, so, yeah, I think just having that experience was uh, just so cool for all of us to be able to work together, um, meals together, feel like we were, you know, in an office and mm -hmm. then, you know, uh, going off and kind of doing our own things at night. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it did feel like uh, we kind of captured that kind of missing piece hmm. of like what people miss about being in an office together. Yeah. Um, and we're uh, very much looking forward to our second retreat, which we're planning for this fall. So um, I, you know, I think everyone's very excited for that opportunity to come together again. Yeah, that's exciting. You guys are going to have to hire somebody in, uh, you know, Hawaii or uh, maybe Florida, you know, say, hey, <laughs> I know we're not hiring you because you live in Hawaii, but, you know, we'll do our retreats at, you know, in your place. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, that's great though. I, I echo that as well. I mean, I work virtually as well. And in the times when I meet my clients in person for a meal or, or just to check in or do a, you know, a meeting in person instead of over zoom are, are some of my favorite meetings just because yeah, you get, mm -hmm. you get that kind of, um, back and forth that maybe is a little harder to get over zoom. So, so I'm yeah. glad you guys have been able to make time for that. And, um, I'm sure that's, that's energizing for sure to your team, like you said. So, yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of the team, you know, it, it sounds it sounds like they're loving being part of the team, but can you give us more insight into that? How do they feel about being remote workers? Do they feel like there's things that they're missing? Um, I'm sure you know maybe they're enjoying their schedules with the flexibility, but how does how does your team kind of view remote work and and their thoughts on that? Yeah, so our team absolutely loves the flexibility of remote work, um, and a lot of them have told us that the biggest perk for them is being able to build their workday around their personal life and not the other way around. Um, I think it's very hard, you know, yeah. when you go into an office nine to five, you're, you're there mm -hmm. um, from nine to five. And, <laughs> you know, you've got to kind of uh, either take time off or plan your days around, you know, if you need to go run an errand or make an appointment. Um, but, you know, our employees, because we're all remote, we can sort of take advantage of that, like middle of the day, um, you know, maybe it's not as busy at the grocery store or, um, you know, make a doctor's appointment um, and then just kind of work when it's convenient. Um, I think a lot of us do miss the social aspect of being in an office together, you know, being able to to go walk across to somebody's desk and brainstorm or go out and grab a quick lunch with your coworker. Um, 
And to kind of help recapture some of that, we've really encouraged our employees to go out and get out of their houses, uh, go work at a coffee shop or a co-working space. Mm. Um, that's a, a benefit program we're trying to develop is to, um, you know, maybe offer some kind of stipend or reimbursement if people join a co-working space, sure. um, which my husband and I have done and we have absolutely loved, um, you know, the we go in, you know, maybe three or four days a month. Um, but it is nice to just get out of the house mm -hmm. and be in an environment with other professionals yeah. all doing their own thing. Um, like it puts you in a different productivity mindset than if you're at home and, you know, there's dishes in the sink or a laundry mm -hmm. basket in the corner of the room. Yeah. Um, something else that we do that has really helped, um, from a remote culture perspective, um, a couple months ago, uh, we started hosting an open office hour together. Um, my husband and I, when uh, twice a week, we have uh, just an open Zoom link and we invite our employees, if they have questions about projects they're working on or even about the business in general, to just log on to that Zoom link and just ask us. Um, because I think a lot of a lot of our days are taken up by like client meetings and communications, and you know we're kind of all over the place. Um, but those office hours are really our dedicated time to just be present and be there for our employees um, and give them an open forum to just talk to us. Um, and sometimes it's easier uh, to have a quick verbal conversation than to try to you know type out and yeah you go back and forth that way. So. Um, that's mm -hmm. something that our team has really appreciated and something that like we feel has helped us all get to know each other better. Yeah. I feel like you summarized working from home perfectly there. You, you mentioned the beauty of the, the schedule flexibility. You know, if you have an appointment, if you need to go do something, you can do it. But you also mentioned the productivity of being at home sometimes is a struggle. So the importance of mm -hmm. getting out and working in different places. So I love the bread of both those because whenever I think about working from home, those are literally the two things. I'm like, I love the flexibility, but the productivity can be hard sometimes. So it is good to move other places. So um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. So that's great. Um, so so thinking about the remote setup for agencies, do you think this is a sustainable model? I mean, you, you guys have built it out, I think, really intentionally from what it sounds like and put a lot of thought into it. But do you think this is a sustainable business model for agencies at large? Um, and would you ever want to consider moving to having an office space or being semi-in-person or anything along those lines? So I think it is absolutely a sustainable model. I think a lot of agencies were probably doing it before COVID, uh, certainly during and in the post-COVID world. Mm -hmm. I think more agencies are going to be intentional about remote work. Um, I, I think, you know, there's just so much less overhead with a remote yeah. work model. You don't have to worry about renting an office space or getting office furniture and, uh, you know, stocking the fridge with snacks and other things that, mm -hmm. you know, typically happen in an office. So you're saving money off the bat. Um, and in today's world, I think employees really do value the freedom to be able to work from anywhere. Um, and set their own schedule and, and not have to worry about, um, when they're going to have to be expected to be in the office um, or, you know, again, just kind of planning their day around a, mm -hmm. a you know, an expected office time. Uh, we don't necessarily think we'll ever move to an in-person or hybrid. Um, it just really wouldn't be practical or worth it for us at this point with how spread out we are. Right. Um, 
you know, maybe someday if we ended up hiring a lot of employees in one specific region, sure. maybe we would. Um, but I think at this point, the way we have been growing remote work works for us and yeah. we are, are happy to stick with it. And, um, you know, I think it just, it makes those kind of in-person touch points when we do have them, uh, much more special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. The overhead, uh, piece you brought up is obviously important. Uh, I mean, that's top of mind for me on the financial side is, you know, rent costs. And like you said, all the office supplies and, uh, the furniture and the furnishings really adds up. It's a huge cost when a, when a business starts up is having to cover all of that. Um, so that's a, a great way to think about, you know, yeah, getting, starting a business, if you can start virtually, you're, you're immediately cutting off a huge amount of costs that you would otherwise need to cover. So um, that's a great key point. And it's interesting too, thinking about, um, you know, a lot of kind of larger corporations are moving now to back to in-person, right? They have been virtual, they're moving back. And there's a lot of pushback, you know, even with, kind of the uh, Silicon Valley giants, right? Like Apple and Google mm-hmm. and all those. Um, I don't remember which one of those, maybe Google, but they were saying you need to come back, you know, X amount of days out of the week. And there's a lot of pushback from employees. So it's kind of interesting, you know, looking forward at, at where remote work is going. I think, like you said, for many smaller to medium-sized agencies, maybe it's it's what's going to be the new way of work and the permanent way of working. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with corporations, whether some will completely kind of incorporate that or whether they're going to feel, well, we've always done business in this way with this office, with these perks, and we want to go back to that because we think it's beneficial. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts there, but uh, I, I think I think it'll be interesting to look over the next couple of years kind of what happens both for small and, and large businesses and kind of where remote work fits into that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've, I know a lot of people who work for larger corporations who, um, you know, were really unhappy when they were told they had to come back mm-hmm. into the office. And, you know, I think that a lot of that is kind of driving, um, you know, this so-called great resignation where everybody's leaving their jobs and trying to find something that's more conducive to the life that they got used to right. during this period of fully remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be something that even if, um, larger corporations do have people come into the office, I think they're going to have to offer uh, remote work at regular remote work as an option. Because yeah. um, I, I think it's just, it's gone too far to ever go back to, you know, forcing people to come in five days mm-hmm. a week um, for jobs that aren't necessary right. to, to be done in person. You know, if things can be done digitally when why like why not have people be able to work from anywhere they're uh just as productive if not more so than you know if you made them do a 30 minute to an hour commute both ways um, <laughs> you know so yeah i i think yeah as you said i think it'll be very interesting to see the you know where it goes over the next couple of years yeah. with both small and large companies yeah yeah for sure that's it's all interesting um yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think, like you said, I think people all of a sudden have kind of this idea in mind of, if, you know, if, if I'm going to be forced to work nine to five and be in this physical office space, maybe there's something else out there that I can I can choose instead to kind of get back to what I was used to during during the pandemic. And and I think what you said earlier, too, really resonated with me. I don't, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but I love the fact of remote work in in that 
your life is no longer revolving around the office and around just doing your work, but instead your personal life has more, I think, importance during the workday. In the past, it was just, this is your work time, this is your personal time. Now those are mixed a lot more um, mm-hmm. together throughout the day. And I love that because um, obviously our personal lives are the ones that in a lot of ways are are incorporating friends and families a lot more closely. So it's important that those have a priority too, even throughout the workday. Um, you know, and if that means scheduling work in kind of different times, being flexible with that, you know, so be it. But um, that's maybe a, maybe a little bit of a soapbox of mine. But uh, speaking of soapboxes, I always like to ask people what their soapboxes are in their industries. We all all have them. Those things that we're you know really passionate about. Um, and you're allowed to have multiple soapboxes, by the way, and, and for those to change. So you don't have to pick one that you know has been around for a long time. It can be can be new and recent. But um, what's the soapbox for you right now in in your industry or in business at large that you feel passionate about? Yes, I I love this question because um, I really I actually had to think about it quite a bit. Um, but I think for for me the number one thing right now, um, and this kind of is all tying back to our conversation about what employees are looking for. Um, you know, I, I think investing in your employees and their growth is just so important. Hmm. Um, even for small companies that don't think they can afford big benefits packages and bonuses like larger competitors, um, there are still like little ways to that you can make your team feel valued. Um, you know, we're again a four-year-old startup. You know, we don't have a ton of you know big benefit offerings, but you know, we we do what we can. We um, you know we we've started exploring you know different things. Uh, you know, as we've made people full time, like obviously there's kind of the expectation that you're going to provide health insurance and um, you know other kinds of benefits. Uh, so you know that's something that we've been really um, trying to stay on top of like as our business grows and um, just making sure that our employees know that they are valuable members of the team and that we're going to be investing in their growth, um, whether it is through benefits or um, professional development opportunities or career pathing, um, things like that. I think people invest their time and energy back into your business when they know you care about them as workers and as individual people and human beings. Um, you know, I, I think just demonstrating that it's, it sounds very simple. Um, and it's not necessarily something that is just, you, you don't necessarily just throw money at it. I think you have to yeah. both, you know, offer things to people, but you also have to, talk about it and communicate it and, and let them know it. Um, you know, even just, uh, you know, if somebody pulled a really late night and they, they got something done, they did something amazing, you know, just sending them a little, uh, handwritten thank you note and a, a DoorDash gift card. Hey, dinner's on me. Cause yeah. you worked really hard on this project. Um, you know, that we try to do little things like that and, you know, um, send people little gifts for their birthdays and work anniversaries. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a relatively small investment that uh, I think has a big impact. And that's the thing that I have become most passionate about as an employer and especially a remote employer, um, you know, just finding ways to make people feel that even when you don't have a lot of face time with them. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think I think most employers right now are thinking about that in a general sense. They're thinking about retention, right? Because mm-hmm. employees feel that they have a lot more independence than they do about where to work and, and how long to stay in a career. So I think a lot of employers are struggling with how do we keep the people that we have as well as hiring new people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know sometimes the first option that's always thought of, like you said, is like how can we offer more bonuses or big retirement or health packages. And I don't think that's wrong necessarily, but I don't know if that's always the right choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, S- Silicon Valley started it with like, let's have the ping pong tables and the happy hours in person. And the, you know, we have mm-hmm. a beer keg and all these things. And I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> the, the right option either. I think both those are good, but what you're saying and what I'm hearing from you is that number one, you need to be getting feedback from your employees about what they're looking for. And then you need to listen to that and use that with intentionality mm-hmm. to kind of bring in benefits that, yeah, maybe are not going to be a huge cost to the business or um, even, yeah, even like a huge recurring cost throughout the year, but maybe just going to be some time that you spend to be intentional to your employees to realize, hey, I recognize that you spent extra time or that you did this. So um, I really appreciate the intentionality that I'm hearing from you. And I think that's so important in the business world, because I think oftentimes it's easy for businesses just to try to like automate the retention. Like, we'll just automate Mm -hmm. you by throwing more bonuses at you or more benefits, but it's like people want kind of that personal touch and that connection and to feel like they're actually uh, known at their workplace, right? So it seems like you guys are providing that. I think that's really cool and um, something that, yeah, I think more businesses definitely could could replicate to try to, I mean, yes, increase in retention, but also just make sure their employees are, are cared for and uh, well taken care of too. So uh, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, you guys sound like you're doing some really cool things. Thank you. Now we, we try. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I did just say I was passionate about that. So yes, we are. <laughs> uh, well, Nicole, good stuff. Um, I think think any business that is considering going going remote or having a hybrid team could learn learn a lot of things from this conversation. So um, we'll make sure to to uh, yeah put it out into the the web, and hopefully many many business owners can can learn about this. But I know you're on LinkedIn. What's the be- Where's the best place to find you uh, and your team? Uh, yeah, definitely LinkedIn for sure. Um, uh, or uh, lightningmediapartners.com. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we look forward to, you know, seeing this, uh, this podcast and uh, go live and, uh, you know, any connections we might be able to make there and, uh, opportunities to continue the conversation. I, I love talking about this stuff. I love, um, you know, just talking to any any employer who's considering uh, a remote work model or finding ways to improve the remote team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to, to chat with anybody about that. Yeah, good to know. So for all your content and remote work needs, go find Nicole. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe there's a cool little side business there for you, Nicole, a little, little consulting, little, uh, employee retention consulting. I don't know. I know, I know you don't have much going on. You're just running a very fast growing agency. So, um, no. So thanks again, Nicole. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, listen to Nicole's previous episode as well in the Navigating Business Podcast. Make sure to go check that out. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. So Nicole, thanks again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you, Nate. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next time.